When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y. J-O-E-L, and also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, this week we're going to take a look at two things, um, how NFL players get paid in the postseason and a situation the Dallas Cowboys don't have to deal with. What if Dak Prescott had played the 2021 season on a second franchise tag? Um, first we're going to turn to... Uh, uh, playoff pay. Um, playoff pay is something that I had to pay attention to when I was an agent because it was inevitable that each postseason the client that was going to be playing in the playoffs would call me and ask, how does it work? How do I get paid? Um, first thing, a lot of players thought that they were going to get paid their uh, weekly salary during the postseason. Um, not true. Playoff money is a benefit under the collective bargaining agreement. And there's a pool of money which comes from the league office that is, is how players are paid. Now, um, this year in 2021, in the wild card round, the division winners got $42,500. The other wild card participants got $37,500. The two teams with the wild card buys, the Green Bay Packers and the Tennessee Titans, also got 37500 Under the previous CBAs, the wild card buys got nothing for the wild card round, so they would practice all week, do nothing, so basically they worked for free. In this round, the divisional playoff round, it's uh, 42500 Conference championship game, 65000 The Super Bowl winner, gets 150,000. The losing team gets 75,000. Um now, that means the Dallas Cowboys as a division winner, their players got 42,500 for their exit in the wild card round. The uh Arizona Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders, New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, Pittsburgh Steelers didn't win divisions. They lost their 37,500. This means that the San Francisco 49ers, as a non-division winner who advanced the divisional playoffs, the Packers, and the Titans are assured of $80,000 regardless of the outcome of this game in playoff money. And the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Los Angeles Rams players are getting um, $85,000 no matter what. The max that anyone can make on one team is $300,000. That would have to be from one of those five teams I just mentioned that uh, 
one in the wild card is division winners. San Fran players, Packers, Titans players, max they can make is $295,000 um, for the playoffs. Now, for a lot of players, playoff money is a huge pay cut. And you're not playing for the playoff money. You're playing for the ring, obviously. But um, we'll take Jimmy Garoppolo, for instance. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo had the uh, biggest base salary during the regular season of $24.1 million, And players earn 118th the salary during the regular season. 17 games in the bye week. So he was making about 1.4 during the regular season. 1.4 million during the regular season. That's what he was earning. Now his punter, uh, Mitch Wisnowski, is making $850,000 as his base salary for 2021. That's a little over $47,000 per week. They're making the same thing each playoff game. And if you really look at it, if you took what you make in the divisional playoff round and extrapolate that out for a season, that'd be $765,000 of salary. The only minimum base salary that is less than that is for incoming players, rookies. Their minimum base salary is six sixty. dollars For a two-year player, it's eight fifty. dollars So <laughs> that kind of underscores uh, where playoff money uh, is. Now, who's eligible? For the wild card and divisional playoff games, um, players who are on the 50th man roster and injured reserve at game time get paid for those games. Practice squad players don't get playoff money. They still receive their weekly salary as long as their team remains in the playoffs. That's 9200 per week for most practice squad players. Um, there's another group of practice squad players, longer vets, depending upon their years of service, long-term vets. They get $14,000 a week. Now, um, the CBA allows you to expand the 53-man roster to 55. You can elevate two practice squad players for each regular season or postseason game. The elevated players get paid the amount like the guys on the 50-man roster. Some will actually play in the game. Um, there's a interesting quirk this year that we saw last year as well with Jared Veldier. Um, Zach Kerr from the Arizona Cardinals uh, had been on the 50-man roster. Then right after the regular season ended, they released him. Then he cleared waivers, and they put him back on the practice squad. Now, they elevated him for the drubbing they took from the Rams Monday night. So he got 37500 for playing for the Cardinals. Now, as a practice squad player, your contract expires once your team is eliminated from the playoffs or the regular season ends if they don't make the playoffs. So he's now a free agent. Because of Cincinnati's injuries on the defensive line, he signed with Cincinnati Bengals this week and is on the the 53-man roster. So he is going to make $42,500 from the Cincinnati Bengals to play this week after making $37,500 for the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> so that's a, a interesting quirk that you, you don't see too often. Now, um, once you get to the uh, conference championships and the Super Bowl, it gets a little different in terms of who's eligible. It's more convoluted. If you're on the 50-man roster when the game has been played and you were on the roster for at least three previous games, regular season or playoffs, you get the full amount. So 
in Zach Kerr's case, if Cincinnati advances, beats the Titans, they get to the AFC championship game, he's not getting the full amount. I'll get to what he's going to get later. Now, if you are a veteran who has at least one year of service and you're put on injured reserve during the regular season and you're still under contract when the game is played, you get the full amount. Same goes for veterans with at least four more years of service that were put on IR in the preseason and are still on a contract, then you still get the same amount. And then there's another category. Players who aren't on the 50-man roster at game time that spent at least eight games regular or postseason on the roster and they're not under contract to another team, they get paid too. Now, under that fourth category, that's Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 53-man roster for 12 games before he imploded. So Antonio Brown will get the same amount as Tom Brady if Tampa Bay gets by the Rams, gets to the uh, NFC Championship game. Should they repeat as champions, he's going to get the same money for those games as Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and anybody else who's a former teammate. So that's $65,000. He gets next week if Tampa Bay beats the Rams and they're in the NFC Championship game. Then if they win the Super Bowl, he gets another 150000 So he can make $215,000. Antonio Brown can. Um, Drake Kirkpatrick, uh, cornerback who was with the San Francisco 49ers, um, same thing. Same position as Antonio Brown. If San Francisco beats Green Bay, because he was on the Niners for eight games, he'll earn $215,000 if the Niners win the Super Bowl. Josh Reynolds was on the Tennessee Titans um, before he was uh, for nine games before he was released and claimed by the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, NFC team, AFC team Titans, so... Titans get to the Super Bowl and win. That's $215,000 for Josh Reynolds. Another thing about this, the, the payment el- payment uh, eligibility. Um, Tredavious White, who tore his ACL um, in a November game, tore the left ACL. Uh, and Chris Godwin, who in early December tore the ACL and MCL in his right knee. They're still going to get the uh, same amount as their teammates for these games because of their years of service and they're still under contract and they're put on IR. So they're still going to get paid too. Now, there's one other interesting category that I became aware of a long time ago because I had a player who was on an AFC team in the playoffs but had been traded from an NFC team back in 2000. This is, only, this is the only time I've had it applied to me when I was an agent. Had a guy, David Gibson, who was a safety for Tampa. This is Tony Dungy's first year in Indianapolis in 2002. They lose a starting safety. He wanted someone who could step in and play, knew the system. They traded for David Gibson, who was backing up John Lynch. Indianapolis goes to the playoffs, early exit. He gets that money. So, uh, I happily surprised him and told him that since he'd been there 
for a certain amount of time. He was going to get some playoff money uh, for Tampa Bay's win, which he did when they beat the Raiders. Now, there's one guy who fits into that category this year. That is Raiders receiver Sean Jackson. He got the 37500 for playing for the Raiders last week against the Bengals. And he's also in line for the full share, the 65000 for the NFC Championship game and 150000 for in a Super Bowl win if the Rams win because he was with the Rams for eight games before he got released. So Deshaun Jackson has a reason to be rooting for the Rams. Now, there are players who can get half who can get a half share for these two games. So if you were on the 50-man roster when the game is played for less than three previous games, regular or postseason, you get a half share. So that'd be Zach Kerr. So Zach Kerr. Um, if the uh, Bengals get to the AFC Championship game, gets 32500 for uh, that game. He's not going to hit the three previous game requirement at all, so he'll get a half share for as long as they advance starting next week. Now, if you are a vet with at least one year service and you're put on um, IR during the regular season, and you're still under contract. No, excuse me. If you're a first-year player put on injured reserve um, during the regular season um, that's still under contract when the game is played and you signed a pl- player contract the previous year, a practice squad player, a practice squad contract in a prior season as well, then you get half amount. If you have one to three years of service and you're put on IR in the preseason, half amount. And if you are someone who was on the 50-man roster, not on, you're not on the 50-man roster at game time, but you spent three to seven games on the roster, and that's regular, regular postseason, um, and you're not under contract to another team in the same conference, you get a half share. So the uh, most notable name in that category is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, um, after Derrick Henry was hurt, Signed to the practice squad, then uh, quickly signed to the 50-man roster. Played three games for the Titans. So if the Titans get past the Bengals, insignificant to Adrian Peterson, the money. Um, He was once the highest paid running back in the NFL, averaging over $14 million per year on the contract he signed with the Vikings in 2011. But nonetheless, he'll get $32,500 next week in the AFC Championship game. And if the Titans would win the Super Bowl, that would be $107,500 for Adrian Peterson. So he, he's a guy who should be uh, rooting um, for the Titans. And also a teammate of his, offensive lineman that retired after five games, Tyson Brallo. Same position. That'd be a nice parting gift for Sombralo with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Now, Occasionally, you're going to see individual incentives or, or performance bonuses in contracts which uh, relate to playoff performance, and there are a couple guys who still have money riding on those. Um, Tom Brady's one of them. Um, he earned all $2.25 million of the incentives that were in his contract last year in Tampa in the Super Bowl. They're still there. Um, in order to make the incentives likely, not likely to be earned, so they wouldn't count on the cap during the season. There wouldn't be a cap charge um, during the season. They had to add 
couple the incentives with a team ranking, which was Tampa Bay improving an average net yards gained per rushing play, which they did. So Brady made five hundred thousand dollars um, for Tampa getting to the playoffs. Then got another two fifty for the wild card game. He had to have a minimum of seventy five percent play time during the regular season and also in the playoff game. Getting to the uh, so so. It's going to be $1.25 million total if Tampa can win against the Rams. And then it would be another $500,000 if uh, Tampa got to the Super Bowl. And then he maxes out at $2.25 million if uh, Tampa wins the Super Bowl. The Bucks did something for Adamican Sue right after the regular season, so he could still earn his incentives. Um, There's a 65% defensive play time, which was part of his for his $1 million incentives. He didn't play 65% during the regular season. The Bucks had to improve in touchdowns on returns and recoveries, which they did. But um, it's $200,000 for Tampa making the playoffs because they eliminated the playtime requirement. Then he gets $200,000 for each of the Tampa Bay um, playoff wins. So he's now short of $400,000 because they've won one game. That's how he could earn his whole million. Odell Beckham Jr., when he signed with the Rams after being released by the Browns, has $3 million of incentives tied to playoff money. He got $500,000 for the uh, wild card win against the uh, Cardinals. There's another seven fifty on the line if the Rams can beat the Buccaneers. Also seven fifty for an NFC Championship game victory. There's another five hundred just for making it to the Super Bowl, another 500 for winning it. So that's how you get his whole 300. But there's another requirement, which is easy for him to satisfy, as well as long as he's healthy. Um, he has to be on the game day active roster, part of the 53 or 55-man roster, depending upon. I'm assuming they elevate two guys from the practice squad. And be on the field for at least one offensive play. So no problem from in that regard. His teammate offensive lineman, Andrew Whitworth, has $1.5 million of incentives based on um, playoff success. Um, he had to play 65% during the regular season, which he easily exceeded. He got $500,000 for making the playoffs. The one playoff win against the Cardinals is worth another five hundred, so that's a million right there. And a Super Bowl victory is worth another 500000 He also had a salary escalator for 2022. The playtime requirement was 75%, which he's hit. He got a million just for the Rams getting to the playoffs, and then another 500 for the playoff win. So he's got the full escalator. And there's one more case I want to bring up, and that's um, Aaron Rodgers. For he's got $500,000 worth of playoff incentives, and when they mended his off-season rift, the front office, they reworked his incentives because $850,000 of them were considered likely to be earned because of what happened last year. He had individual incentives as well. Um, That's part of the, he had a million dollars worth of incentives, so that was part of it. So they added a team requirement to all the playoff incentives. And part of the requirement that was already there was for him to have 75.2% of offensive play time during the regular season or more, which he did. And in each playoff contest. Now, then it's uh, 125000 for each Packers playoff game. But Green Bay also had to improve from the 2020 season in 
touchdowns on returns and recoveries. They had two in 2020. They have two in 2021. So he hadn't met that. He hadn't qualified for the incentive. He's going to need the Packers to, he's going to have to rely on their generosity for them to do something like Tampa Bay did for Indomitian Sue for him to earn the incentives. Um, also, because they were so good and got a wild card by, there isn't wasn't any like catch-all or contingency that he would get the wild card game money for a buy. So he's out that 125 as well. But in order to placate Aaron Rodgers, if he's uh, make sure you don't I don't you don't know what he's thinking. If he is all on board to try to stay in Green Bay or he still wants to be traded after the season. But I'm going to pay this to him anyway because I don't want to take any chance that $500,000, if they win the Super Bowl, which would be a drop in the bucket for him, could have any role in his decision-making process. But um, that's just a overview of how uh, playoff money works and – couple so now you can kind of have an idea to look for Antonio Brown potentially being a Bucks fan because he's going to get money Deshaun Jackson gets the double dip Rams fan and Adrian Peterson Titans fan if they continue to advance he gets a little something as well Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now on to Dak Prescott. The Dallas Cowboys season didn't end the way they wanted to. Don't think I've ever quite seen a playoff game um, end because of a team taking a risky play with no timeouts and then not being able to kill the clock to get a final playoff when Dallas was driving for the game-winning touchdown. That was uh, not how they wanted the season to end. Caught a nightmare uh, scenario. But they avoided one because Dak Prescott signed a long-term contract. Last March, Dak Prescott became the second highest paid player in the NFL. Signed a four-year, $160 million contract that's worth up to $164 million um, with incentives. 
had a record $66 million signing bonus at the time, had the most fully guaranteed at signing at $95 million. Um, Josh Allen has since surpassed it. Had $126 million in guarantees. Nobody's going to begrudge Dak Prescott for taking that deal. Great deal, great structure on his part. Now, personally, I was disappointed um, because I wanted to see Dak Prescott go to Kirk Cousins' route. Um, Kirk Cousins played under two franchise tags as Washington football team in 2016 and 17. Then in 2018, became an unrestricted free agent. Um, the Vikings made him the highest paid player in the league at $28 million per year. He got the first fully guaranteed lucrative contract for a veteran. Um, the deal had up to $90 million. It was up, worth up to $90 million through incentives. So Prescott this year played well um, for, uh, overall. He had a, a mid-season lull, a six-game um, stretch where people were wondering whether he was in a slump, and even Jerry Jones uh, didn't dispute that. And that was after he hurt his calf, strained his right calf against the uh, Patriots. But during those six games, he only he was only completing 63.2% of his passes. Passer rating was 82.8, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and Dallas went three and three. He won three NFC Player of the Week awards during Offensive Player of the Week awards during the regular season. Nobody else won three. He had the most. Um, Justin Herbert had the most in the AFC, also three. But for the season, um, he ranked near the top of several statistical categories. Third with 104.2 passer rating. Fourth best completion percentage at 68.8%. Threw a franchise record 37 touchdown passes. Uh, also tied for fourth most in the league. And his 4,449 passing yards were seventh in the league. Playoff game, statistically, was the worst one he's ever played. Uh, career low, 53.5% completion percentage. Completed 23 or 43 passes. 69.3% passer rating, his worst in postseason play. And we had Jerry, Jimmy Johnson, uh, the former Cowboys coach who won two championships when... Jerry Jones first bought the team, made a comment to a Fox Sports graphic that uh, Tony Romo and Dak Prescott have the same one in three record uh, through their first uh, playoff record through their first uh, six NFL seasons. And he said, a shame. So Cowboys fans probably aren't very high on Dak Prescott, but if he played out his contract, given uh how he generally played this year, Dallas would have been looking at a third franchise tag for him. This, uh, he would have played the 2021 season on a second franchise tag, which would have been 120% of his uh, first one of $31.409 million in 2020. The second franchise tag would have been $37,690,080. Third franchise tag, too cost prohibitive would have been $54,274,752, a 44% increase over the uh, 2021 tag. Dallas, as it is right now, has some cap issues. They now have 57 players under contract, but the top 51 count in the offseason. So Dallas has a fourth most cap commitments for the upcoming league year at 230.4. 
cap commitments. There was uh, 3.96 million of cap room that could be carried over from the 2021 league year, which they did. So basically, right now, Dallas is, according to NFLPA data, 18.285 million over the projected salary cap of 208.2 million. NFLPA and uh, NFL agreed to that as a salary cap ceiling back in May, and then it was announced in December that's where the cap should be. Now, obviously, if and this this is obviously including Dak Prescott's uh, 2022 uh, base salary. So, if you took out his 2022 base salary of 34.45 million, then just reverse engineer it, Dallas would only be about $1.3 million under the <laughs> under the cap. So you wouldn't be able, you'd have to do a whole lot of salary cap gymnastics to get that third franchise tag at almost $54.3 million in there. So Dak Prescott would be in the driver's seat. He'd be sitting pretty. And as an agent, I'd be licking my chops to want to deal with that. His agent, Todd France, in this situation, <laughs> would have Dallas over a barrel. So... What would I want in a situation like that? Highest paid player in the league right now is Patrick Mahomes at $45 million per year on that 10-year extension he signed in 2020. It's worth up to uh, $475 million with incentives. That's $45 million per year. Um, but that wouldn't be the standard I'd be looking to beat because the six-year $258 million extension that Josh Allen signed back in August, which averages $43 million per year. Uh, the first three new years in this extension averaged just under $46 million per year. So going the Cousins route, doing the three-year deal, so I'd have Prescott in a position to hit the open market at 31. I'm going to want to top that Allen number. So I'd be looking, my target for my for the base value would have been 140 to 145 million on a three-year deal, so the low end of that averages 46 million 666,667 dollars. The high end of my target price would have been 48 million 333,333 dollars, and there'd also need to be at least two million in annual incentives, like. Cousins had in his deal, so I'm going to top the max value of Allen's deal because he's got five million dollars worth of incentives in each of the new years. So the max value is 48 million. If you had to stick dummy contract years in 2025 and 2026 to help for salary cap purposes to stretch out any bonus proration, so be it. Now, what I did as a check is I ran this idea um, by some current former NFL executives I, I, I trust to get their assessment of my uh, scenario. Um, I talked to one current GM, three other, um, two other current executives, a former team executive, um, the only one who would put their name on it, Wanted to, uh, the, obviously, the current executives have to be anonymous because they can't really be talking about stuff like this <laughs> publicly. Um, was Joe Banner, um, the former Eagles president and Brown CEO. Um, when I was an agent, Joe Banner was probably the smartest guy I dealt with. 
uh, from a team perspective. And for those of you who don't know, um, he's the one who ushered in the whole concept of identifying your core players at the earliest possible instance and then locking them up. And he would also structure the contracts in a way where Philadelphia could get out of the contracts if they made a mistake in terms of identifying a player early. Now, he was instrumental in Philadelphia going to five NFC championship games and one Super Bowl in an eight-year span in the 2000s. So um, that's why I wanted to talk to him. Now, consensus opinion I got was the low end of my range – 140 over three years, almost $47 million per year, was uh, not off base. Nobody balked at that. Um, everybody thought that Prescott would be the highest paid player in the league under, under these circumstances. Um, nobody thought he was in that top tier of quarterbacks with the Patrick Mahomeses, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, and the Josh Allen's that group they put him in the next tier. Uh, he was consensus considered a top ten quarterback. Um, some had him like seven. The least complimentary con- uh, least complimentary comment I got about Prescott was he was called a better version of Kirk Cousins. They're all like, hey, Cousins was the highest paid player. This guy's better. What do you think's gonna happen? One one of the guys said that he'd have so much leverage that basically Dallas would have to just give him a contract to fill out and pay him whatever he wanted. Also posed the idea of fully guaranteed, and fully guaranteed for three years was a lot more receptive, got a lot more traction than fully guaranteeing it for five years. That was kind of a starting to get a breaking point. Uh, Joe Banner wasn't that adverse to five years, he did say something interesting that uh, when guarantees would come up with owners, their bigger concern wasn't the actual amount guaranteed. It was that football is such a violent sport that if you guaranteed money for football players, they lose their motivation to play, which to me is insulting because these are highly competitive people. That Yeah, that's going to happen for some, but that wasn't going to be the... Uh, the norm. He would have been okay potentially fully guaranteeing all five years um, for Dak Prescott. And he raised an interesting point about Jerry Jones uh, that if we ever got to the situation, which for Dallas, fortunately they didn't, that Jerry Jones going through those lean years with the Quincy Carters of the world after Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman retired would not let a quarterback in his prime and Prescott turns 29 in July walk out the door. <laughs> so <laughs> also uh, broached the idea of $50 million per year uh, for, Pre- for Prescott. I think we're going to have a $50 million per year quarterback this offseason. I think Aaron Rodgers... If he does what he's done in the past and looks to maximize money, whether he stays in Green Bay or goes someplace else in a trade like Denver, I expect the extension to average $50 million per year or more. If he's, gonna, if he's still looking to maximize his value, if he, he, 
he could if he goes Tom Brady route, obviously that's not going to happen because Brady's consistently taking hometown discounts except for a deal he did in 2010. 50 for the most part <laughs> didn't go over too well. 50 million per year, uh, that was a breaking point for current general manager, um, one team negotiator who's like, I'm going to have to spend a whole lot of time on plan B and try to figure out what I realistically can do instead before going there. Um, Banner didn't balk at it. The, didn't give me a specific uh, breaking point, but said it was close to it, but it had to be a very aggressive number for him to uh, walk away. His thinking was, if you have a really good quarterback, you, you should have a chance to be right there in the mix every year um, with a really good quarterback. And uh, one former team executive was thinking along the lines, if you got your franchise quarterback, just, just uh, take your medicine, pay it, because it's hard to find um, those guys. Now, I also explored how's free agency going to play out um, for Dak um, in this situation. And yeah, it's, uh, the consensus was there's some things in his favor. One, the draft class isn't as strong as it's been in the past two years. That would help. You have uncertainty surrounding the trades of Aaron Rodgers. Does Russell Wilson really want out? And then Deshaun Watson's situation um, would also uh, be helpful. It was unanimous that the Washington football team would make a run at Dak Prescott. Division rival, they need a quarterback. So you get your quarterback stability and you make a team in your division worse. A couple of people suggested that the other teams in the division might go along the same thinking, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. The uh, two teams which were mentioned most frequently besides Washington, the Broncos and Panthers, who are most likely going to address their quarterback situation this year. Denver for sure will. Um, Panthers don't have an obvious quarterback on the roster, and Matt Rule's on the hot seat. Um, one of the uh, the former executives said something really interesting. He said, uh, if players, meaning quarterbacks, were smart, they'd be more like cousins. That's how to get the best deal financially. It just doesn't happen for a variety of reasons. Some of the reasons were that agents don't necessarily do They'll do what's more in their interest and the players' interest. And I don't, I'm not suggesting that's what happened with Dak Prescott. I don't think that's what happened because as an agent, you are supposed to uh, execute your client's wishes. Dak Prescott, lifelong Cowboys fan, wanted to be the uh, Cowboys quarterback, came close to getting the deal done before the July 15th deadline, um, before he played in the first franchise tag in 2020, ran out of time. So... Um, him getting a deal done was expected and Todd France was executing his client's wishes so that's not anything I wanted to uh, leave as as an impression plus he got a great deal (laughs) that he also got a no franchise transition tag clause so he's going to be free anyway at the end of this deal so if they're going to have to redo it going into year four so going into 2024, they'll have to redo his actual deal, and he'll get another extension. So um, no criticisms at all. Great deal by Dak. But I just really want to see another quarterback embrace the franchise tag like Kirk Cousins 
quarterbacks don't get franchised generally. It's a rarity. I don't know who it might be. Maybe if Jacksonville's still dysfunctional and Trevor Wilson lives up to his potential. I mean, not Trevor Wilson. Trevor Wilson played basketball at UCLA. I'm combining Zach Wilson and, and um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Maybe it's him. The Bengals are going to have to give on the guarantees for uh, their structure because they're like Pittsburgh was. No base salary guarantees. So for Joe Burrow, if you want to stick to that, maybe that's a big sticking point in the contract. And he starts playing on the franchise tags, even though he's an Ohio boy. Who knows? <laughs> but but it just for me, I'd love to see what would happen if you got a great uh, franchise quarterback who was willing to take it to the extreme, get to the point where he could be a free agent, and then what would he force his own team to do, or what would he get in free agency? But who knows when that happens. But anyway, that's uh, it for this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And um, also, read my uh, RegularCBSSports.com column, Agent's Take. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.